0: Was Paul, from this story, converted or not? What do you think? As serious readers of the New Testament, also believers of this this document, we all would say yes to this question. Yes, Paul indeed was converted from Judaism to Christianity. If Paul's experience on the road to Damascus wasn't his conversion from Judaism to Christianity, what was it, right? Right? Well, uh, some recent interpreters of Paul argue differently. To them, Paul wasn't converted from uh, Judaism to Christianity. Why would they say it? It is because, they argue, Paul never left Judaism. So, the titles of some recent books on Paul go like this, or these. Paul, a New Covenantal Jew or Paul, an anomalous Jew, or Paul, the Jew, and even Paul was not a Christian. That's the title of a book. These scholars claim that the majority of Christians today misread Paul, thinking that Judaism of Paul's days was completely different from the Christianity of the New Testament. They argue that Judaism wasn't a legalistic religion, but a religion of grace, just like Christianity, which, uh, which is a religion of, of grace. Um, so, when Paul encountered the risen Messiah on the road to Damascus, Paul wasn't converted at all. Rather, he found true Judaism. So these interpreters continue to argue that we shouldn't call Paul's Damascus experience conversion. Rather, it was the call he received to become the apostle who would bring the message of the gospel to the Gentile world. So, what should we do with this novel and scholarly, with the air quote, (laughs) argument that Paul wasn't converted, but simply called to carry out the office of the apostle to the Gentiles? Well, of course, we don't have to be afraid or worried about what these smart people talk about concerning Paul's conversion, uh, we have the New Testament documents that clearly teach us that Paul left his old religion and embraced a new religion when he encountered the risen Jesus. If we can't call it a conversion, I don't know what other term we can use to describe his experience on the road to Damascus. Of course, I'm not saying that Paul wasn't called to be the apostle to the Gentiles when he was converted. He was absolutely called. At the same time, he was also converted. He was clearly called to be an apostle to the apostle to the Gentiles. Yet at the same time, it doesn't negate the fact that he was converted from a false religion to a new and true religion. Therefore, we can conclude that Paul received both conversion and call when he embraced Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. Tonight, we are going to look at how Paul received his conversion and call as Christ follower. As we study his conversion and call, we will also examine how we have received our conversion and call as Christ followers ourselves. So point number 1. Paul was converted from the Jewish way of life to Jesus's way of life. And I want to emphasize the word way here. He was converted from the way of Judaism to the way of Jesus. The reason I emphasize the word way is that Christians were called the people of the way before before they were called Christians in Antioch. Let's go back to chapter 9 verse 1. And 2. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest asking letters from them to the synagogues of Damascus that so that if he found any who were of the way, the people who belong to the way, the way, whether men or men, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The Jews understood Christianity as a sect within Judaism, and they called it the way. So let's go to uh, Acts 24. In Acts 24, uh, we find the Roman governor, Felix, is examining Paul, and Paul is defending himself in front of this Roman uh, governor, uh, Felix. But this I confess, Paul says in verse 14, Acts 24, 14, I confess to you that according to the way, which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. The same chapter, verse 22. But when the phallics heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way again, right? It's about the way. He uh, adjourned and pre- uh, the proceedings and said, when Lysias, this governor, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So some Christians claim uh, that Christianity was called the way because Jesus called himself the way to the Father in John 14. But it's kind of hard to prove uh, their argument because we don't really have the historical background and evidence or scripture evidence that uh, that's the reason why they were absolutely called the way. Uh, but bock, a commentator, says that the expression the way appears to point to the way of salvation as a way of and to life. So I think the, the reason why they were called the way was because these Christians weren't just confessing their faith, but they lived out their life in that faith. And then so they're walking and they're talking were on the same path. And I think that's why they were called uh, the way. Uh, So no matter what the way means, what's obvious is that Paul left his former way of life in Judaism and embraced the way of Jesus Christ. So Paul left his Pharisaic Judaism and embraced the new way of life in Jesus Christ. So Paul himself makes it clear that he was formerly in Judaism and left it when the message of the gospel was revealed to him. So let's go to Galatians 1. In Galatians 1, you find Paul describing his own conversion experience. But in verse 11 Galatians 1:11 but I make known to you brothers that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man for neither I received it from man nor was I taught it but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ when did he receive this revelation of Jesus Christ on the Damascus road for sure for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism what conduct in former conduct In Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. But the interesting is actually all the Pauline uh, scholars, whether they believe the Bible to be inerrant or not, they all agree that Galatians was written by Paul. And in this letter, he says, my former conduct in Judaism. And I advanced in verse 14 in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries. In my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers, but when it pleased God who separated me from my father's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among uh, the Gentiles. So it it is absolutely sure that Paul had a conscience that he left his old religion, and that's what he said in Galatians in that passage here. And also Paul states that he was a former. Pharisee. It's very important. He didn't say he was still a Pharisee. He was a former Pharisee. Philippians 3, Philippians 3, verses 5 through 9, Paul says, circumcised the, the eighth day, he's describing about himself, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But, he completely abandoned his identity of a Jewish Pharisee to gain Christ. That's what he argues in the next verse, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted, counted loss for Christ. What, what is he saying here? The fact that I was a Pharisee, the fact that I was a great student of Gamaliel, I just put them behind me. I'm no longer considered as them. Yet, verse 8, Indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in a literal sense, a dung, that I may gain Christ. So when Paul placed his faith in Jesus Christ, he was done away with the way other Pharisees and rabbis related themselves to the law. So verse 9, he says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So Paul absolutely knew, understood the, the law in an absolutely new way. He, he had a certain perspective of the law when he was a Pharisee. But after he met Christ, the way he understood the law was completely changed why because now he understood that it wasn't his righteousness that enabled him to be presented to god as a loving saint but rather he was only a filthy sinner no matter how he tried but when he found the righteousness that it was found in christ that he realized that that was actually the gift from god in the gospel which started the new testament era So there was a specific point in which Paul understood that he wasn't any longer belonging to the the old religion of Judaism, but now he's part of a new religion that was founded by Jesus Christ. So unlike the scholars who argue that Paul didn't receive salvation through the Damascus Road experience, Paul received salvation at his conversion. So at his conversion, Paul was forgiven of his sins. As traveling to spread the gospel, Paul had multiple uh, multiple opportunities to explain what happened to him on the Damascus road. And Luke records two of those, uh, Paul's speeches on his ex- own experience on that road. And you can find them in Acts 22 and 26. And the Acts 22 passage clearly states that what Paul experienced in Damascus was the forgiveness of sins. The reason why I'm You know, emphasizing forgiveness of sins is because if Paul didn't leave Judaism at all, still remain Judaism, it means he wasn't forgiven. There's nothing he he could be forgiven of, right? But that's why actually these scholars, what what many scholars say these days, Paul wasn't really forgiven. Uh, He was rather, you know, changing his direction in terms of Jesus Christ, but he was still going the, the way, the direction that he was going. But it wasn't that. The, it wasn't the case. Uh, it was, was that wasn't the case because Acts 22, verses 14 through 16, here Ananias speaking to Paul, and it, 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 it is in Paul's words. Paul says, "The God of our fathers has chosen you, Paul." Ananias says, "That you should know His will and see that the, the just one and hear the voice of His mouth, for you will be His witness to all men of what you have seen." And heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and what? And wash away your sins and calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, Paul himself describes that his experience on the road to Damascus was a conversion in terms of receiving the forgiveness of sins. And also Paul himself described his conversion as salvation from sin. So let's go to together here. You know, let's go to 1 Timothy. Uh, chapter one this is an important passage for us to all remember first timothy one verses 12 through 15 uh, that paul explains you know what what happened to him as a a persecutor of the church into the apostle to the gentiles first 12 of 1 timothy one and i thank christ jesus our lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry Although I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? To save sinners and over whom I am what? Chief. So what are you saying here? You know, when I met Christ, He saved me. He just just didn't save me as a normal sinner. I was the worst. I was the worst of the worst. But his grace reached down to me. And that was the conscience of Paul himself. And he's describing here, here, I mean, on the way up to Damascus, I was saved from my sins. Which means he was delivered from his sin. He was saved. He was converted into the true religion from the false religion. So here's an application. Just like Paul separated himself from the old way of Pharisaic Judaism and clung to the new way of life in Jesus, we must demonstrate our conversion by turning from our old lifestyle and embracing a new lifestyle in Christ. Jesus. So, of course, I'm not trying to say that every one of us must experience a dramatic conversion experience like Paul did. For instance, you know, you know, who was the the most famous disciple of Paul? Timothy, right? Timothy is the most famous one. But do you know that Timothy didn't have a dramatic conversion experience? Timothy didn't experience a sudden and dramatic change in his life when he experienced his salvation. How do I know that? Let's go to 2 Timothy. We are in 1 Timothy, so let's go to 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 and 15. 2 Timothy 3, 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been aware of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So Timothy was converted as a young boy by learning the Bible. So Timothy learned the Bible from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice growing up. And the faith of his grandmother and mother was gradually instilled in young Timothy's heart. Timothy might not have remembered the exact moment of his conversion. But what is uh, certain is that Timothy also re- uh, repented from his sin and by faith embraced Jesus as his Messiah. So just like Paul did, Timothy had to forsake the lifestyle of his old self and pursue purity and holiness in Christ. So Paul says in 2 Timothy three ten and 11 that Timothy has carefully followed his manner of life Purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions and afflictions. Not just Timoth- Timothy, and Paul desired every Christian to follow his, his example. So first 1 Timothy 116 First Timothy 1:16, Paul says, "However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern." to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Do you see what Paul says here? His conversion experience is a pattern for every believer. Not in a sense that every one of us has to experience a dramatic conversion experience, but in a sense that we have to forsake our old lifestyle and embrace the new one in Christ. So while our conversion experience do not have to be identical with Paul's dramatic conversion, we must follow the pattern of Paul's conversion in terms of turning away from our sins and embracing the way of Jesus Christ by faith, and that was the theme of Paul's entire gospel ministry. When he was at uh, when he was speaking to the Ephesian elders in Acts twenty, uh, you know, there's actually a heart wrenching scene there. You know, Paul is telling them, you might not be able to see me again, but I'm going away, and then I'm giving you the last word as your pastor. And you're the pastors too. You're the pastors too. Just listen to me. And then he says, actually, at the end, uh, not not at the end, but but he says, actually, he summarizes his gospel ministry like this. Uh, Verse 20 of chapter uh, 20 of Acts, And how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you, and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what Paul did. You know, when he preached the gospel, he just did what he experienced. He proclaimed what he experienced. You turn away from your old religion, from your old lifestyle, your old sin, and you embrace the newness that is in Christ Christ. You embrace Christ, who is holy, and you embrace him as your king, so you don't serve yourself anymore, but you follow him by faith. That was the entire theme of Paul's missionary ministry. So Paul urged every Christian to radically separate themselves from their old way of life and begin to walk in the newness of life, beginning at conversion. That's my point here. Not later after you're saved. Not later after you're converted. But when you are converted, that is the beginning point to change your lifestyle. And this teaching was based on his own experience when he met the risen Christ on the road road to Damascus. And on that road, Paul wasn't just converted like I already said at the beginning. He was also called. So second point for tonight, Paul was called to be a witness for Christ for the Gentile world. While some interpreters dispute that Paul was converted from Judaism to Christianity, they all agree that Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles on the Damascus road. Indeed, when, Paul, uh, when God converted Paul, he also called him to be a witness for Christ for the entire world. In Acts 26, defending himself in front of Herod Agrippa II, Paul reiterates the words he heard from the Lord Jesus at his conversion. So let's go to Acts 26. And there you find what Paul says about his conversion. And uh, verse 15, you know, of course, I I'm not going to read the entire passage because we all are already familiar with the context. So I said in verse 15, who are you, Lord? And the Lord Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Verse 16, but rise and stand on your feet. And here's the reason why Jesus is calling Paul. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have, been, you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So as discussing Paul's conversion and call, we need to ask ourselves a very important question. Was Paul the only Christian who received the conversion unto salvation and the call into gospel ministry at the same time? Let me ask you this question again. Of course, you know, Paul was converted and called into ministry at the same time, right? But is he the only one or one of the few chosen people whom God called and converted at the same time? You might feel that Paul was one among the few chosen. Why? Because he was phenomenal. He was a great guy. God used him in a great and mighty way. But I want to submit to you that that feeling isn't correct. He's not the only one. Of course, it is certain that God called Paul into the gospel ministry in a very special way. But it doesn't mean that God only converts and calls only a few important Christians at the same time. In fact, God grants the conversion unto salvation and the call into gospel ministry to every single believer. Do you remember the theme verse of the book of Acts? I taught you that in the first sermon of this series. Acts 1, and verse 8. Let's go. Acts 1, verse 8. That's the theme verse of the entire book of Acts. And there you find Jesus saying, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So while these words were given to the disciples who were present at Jesus' ascension we can logically conclude that the truth in this verse is directly applicable to us. The Lord said that when a person receives the Holy Spirit he will be empowered to be a what? To be a witness for Christ in the region in the region he lives and beyond. So, have you received the Holy Spirit? Have I received the Holy Spirit? Yes. It means that we are already witnesses for Christ, just like Paul was a witness for Christ. Then, when did we receive the Holy Spirit? At our conversion, right? When we repented from our sin, and when we embraced Christ by faith, we were converted And at that moment, the Holy Spirit began to indwell us. That's the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So it means that every single one of us became converted to Christianity and called to be a witness for Christ wherever we are. So Paul was a special guy in a sense, but in another sense, he was one of many uh one of many you know examples because you know we are part of this god's pro- the, this program of god that when he converts a soul and when he, he grants a gift of the holy spirit he makes this person a witness for Christ at that conversion i admit that god used paul as in a very you know special way but so nobody actually can become like paul uh, in that sense, he was the apostle to the Gentiles. <laughs> we don't have apostles anymore. And then I don't think anybody in human history will be used like Paul by God. Uh, again, yet, in another sense, just like Paul was a gospel witness, we are also gospel witnesses who must try to spread a gospel where we are. So uh, I'm, I know we are we're searching a lot of scriptures, but it's okay because it's going to be the last time. Let's go to First Corinthians 11. And I'm, I'm keeping my promise. The pastor told me to finish it by 6.15. 6, I, I think I, I'm going to be able to do that. So 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it is really important here. You, you find you know, what Paul thought about his ministry, gospel ministry, in terms of his relationship to other believers. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, Imitate me just as I also imitate you. I'm uh, sorry, not you. Imitate Christ. What does he say? Here? What does he say here? Paul wanted all believers to follow his example as he was following the example of Christ. In what sense did he want us to become like him? And then you can find the answer in the previous passage. Uh, in uh 1 Corinthians 9:22, he says, To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, he says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. This is one of the misquoted verses. This is not a verse we quote when we eat before meal, actually. This is a quote that we have to use to eat and get ready to spread the gospel, to use that energy. That's what Paul is saying here. And then we got to be carefully with uh, what we eat, what we drink, whatever we do. We need to arrange everything in our lives so that we can be witnesses for Christ. That's the sense here Paul, uh, Paul is saying. So verse uh, 32, give to, no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be what? Saved. Imitate me. Just as I also imitate Christ. Now do you see in what sense he wants us to be imitating him? In what sense? As a witness for Christ. Making the most out of the opportunities we have, in a limited time and space we have, that we would arrange our lives so that we can be better witnesses, more effective witnesses to bring as many souls as possible to christ so what did the lord jesus say about the people who follow him what did he say about the people who follow him he's gonna he promised that he's gonna make them something he said follow me and i will make you fishers of man that's matthew 419 so when paul began to follow the lord The Lord made him a fisher for men. Are you a follower of Christ too? Are you following him today? Then he has already made you a fisher of men as well, just like he did for Paul. Then are you fishing for men? Are you obeying the Lord's call on your life? To be a witness for Christ where you are. The Lord converted us by giving us the gifts of faith and repentance. Just like he did it for Paul. And when he converted us, he also called us to become witnesses for Christ. Just like he did it for Paul. Of course, God doesn't call every one of us to become an apostle or pastor or missionary. However, He calls every single believer to become a witness for Christ where they are. Where are you? You live in Cary. Some of you live in Holly Springs. Duke of Apex. No matter where you are, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you were converted by the gifts of faith and repentance, then you are witnesses for Christ just like Paul was. So let's do our best to do our job as the fishers for men. Let's bring souls to Christ to glorify him and also to follow the example of Paul who followed the example of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Precious Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the example of Paul. Lord, I I love him so much because you, you loved him in a great way and he loved you in a great way. Uh, Lord, I, I want to be like Him. And uh, it is our prayer, Lord, that all of us want to be like Him. So Lord, please fill us with the Holy Spirit and help us to follow the example of Paul, just like he followed Christ faithfully. And help us to carry out the great commission in our midst that we would be a better and effective and loving witnesses for Christ to bring as many sinners as possible to Christ. And Jesus, let me pray. Amen.